Are you ready? Are you ready for September? September? September. Because it's coming. Because it's coming. Because it's coming. Welcome to the next installment of the School of September series, brought to you by the Western Huntsman Podcast, in conjunction and partnership with Phelps Game Calls and Spree Extreme Mountain Gear. Elk Hunting 201. in session ladies and gentlemen this is jim huntsman the host of the western huntsman podcast welcome to the final installment for school of september in the year 2021 i am really excited to get this one out here uh this is the first well no it's not the first school of september i've had with live guests but um i i've got a really cool situation going on here in front of me i've got two of the most legitimate hunters i've ever seen or met um, and they are sitting here in the, we're, we're crammed into the broken tine studio, my little 20 foot hunting trailer. And we've got all three mics rolling. So to my left, I got Tyler Rotes. Say hi. How's it going guys? And to my right or right across from me, I got Jacob Denham, fellow Clark Fork. What do, what do we call that? Clark For- Forkian? Fork, yeah. Something. Fork, yep. <laughs> we're all fellow North Idahoans. Yes, sir. And uh, I am uh, really excited about this. I've been wanting to get, actually, Jacob, I, I've been wanting to really get you on the show for a long time. I've been uh, following you with uh, your wolf hunting. These guys are wolf slayers. Um, I'd love to tell that story uh, you told me out there, but we're, we're probably not going to do that on this episode. We'll keep it a little quiet. We'll, we'll keep that one on the down low yeah. for now. But it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Um, and we are just knocking on the door of uh, September, guys. We have a couple of announcements here real quick before we kick this off. But um, the the uh, we did get one entry from a guy I know named Tyler Oates who happens to be sitting here. Uh, I think that brings us up to a total of two entries so far since we've announced it. Of course, this isn't coming out for a few days. But um, for our uh, Tacticam giveaway, guys, so that's where you're going to take your cell phone or whatever recording device you're doing. Uh, and you are going to be just film yourself out scouting and just tell us where your what your name is, where you're from, you know what state you're scouting. Uh, nothing too serious detail wise. And uh, send it over to me at Jim at the Western and that'll get you entered in to win the um, Spotter LR uh, from Tacticam. I'm adjusting my levels here. Hang on, here we go. There we go. I told I told these guys this is like redneck as as you get when you're here at the Broken Tines. <laughs> So uh, with that, guys, I do have another announcement uh, for a Phelps Game Call giveaway. You're going to be wanting to watch the Instagram and the Facebook for that. So check us. Keep uh, I should have that out by hopefully before I head off to Elk Camp. Uh, when are you guys heading out? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday night. Yep, yep. Sunday night. Sunday it is, and it's on. And uh, you guys won't be 
Um, well, we're going to be hunting the same kind of area, so I know uh, kind of where you're going to be camping, but I'm going to pop in and, and say hi. Heck yeah. You better, man. I we might as well. <laughs> I hope I hope so, man. I have to call you in a bull. I need somebody, too, because I can't seem to make it work. <laughs> Tyler's the guy. Well, that's what he says, but... <laughs> So I want to I want to get a little bit of background from you guys. Like, uh, you, you want to start, Jacob? Sure. Tell us tell us where you're from and sure. how you grew up. So I was born in Denver, Colorado, and uh, my dad was a carny, and my mom lived here in North Idaho her whole life, and so they met at the carnival, and then we moved back to Colorado, or they moved, and then I was born. Then my mom's like, "Nope, I'm going home." So she then, said, "Hell with Colorado." Yep, and then <laughs> she. Uh, then I was, yeah, I was born in Colorado and then moved here. My dad showed up a couple months later and then pretty much didn't get to hunt very much as a kid. So my dad tried probably when I was 12, bought a rifle, wounded a couple deer. And then my mom's like, we could have bought a half beef for what you just spent on everything. So <laughs> yeah. basically I didn't get to hunt until I was 18. Oh wow. And so I just started, bought, went and bought a 300 wind mag, killed a six by seven whitetail first week i was out holy crap man and so then i was hooked ever since and Jeez. yeah then i met mike cregan a guy in clark fork or he been here a long time started took me under his wing and started teaching me how to elk hunt and then it was good so. that's crazy man like so you didn't grow up hunting your dad wasn't a big time hunter nope. where where did it come from because like you are you're just immersed your life is hunting i'd I just always had a passion for wanting to be out in the outdoors, basically. So huh. I always, I fished, me and, me and my dad always fished, like, all the time. So mm-hmm. then I had buddies that hunted, and I went with them a couple times. But then I was like, yeah. I, my mom said it was a waste of money. So I was like, I'm proving you wrong. So, <laughs> And sure enough, I did. And now I was like, yeah, every time I go out, I bring something home for the family. Yeah, so, yeah. It's pretty Pretty cool. sure my mom said that at one point, too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so but yeah it's pretty no, cool that's awesome so, that's then, awesome yeah then, it's cool like in town right here where we live in clark fork jacob's like uh he's he's pretty much famous yeah you know everybody everybody knows you yeah. you you were doing you were uh super involved in the community with the fireworks over the fourth of july yep. and uh with the the clark fork rod and gun club right yes, that's sir. that's who put all that on yep uh, and I mean, there's pictures of you, uh, with your wolves you've trapped down at the gas station and, and everybody knows Jacob. Yep. So it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. uh, to actually have you here in the studio. Yeah, so I appreciate you joining me. me. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Tyler, what about you, man? Give us uh, give it, uh, before we do, are you hot? Are, are you guys hot? No, I'm good. I can man. crank on the AC. Yeah. It's a little warm in I'm here. Good. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, I was born and raised here in Sanborn, Idaho and, uh, basically grew up, uh, my dad, family really never did hunt the only one that ever really hunted was my grandpa and my dad uh, on my mom's side and uh, he finally started uh dad got into it well they him and my uncle got into just the big buck hunting that's mm-hmm. what they wanted to do and grandpa well first time i ever went hunting i was three years old and he took me out behind the house and strapped on my cap guns and went out with him deer hunting <laughs> nice and then i've just been hooked ever since then uh but other than that just been Basically everything I've learned is all myself. Yeah. A little bit from my grandpa on the whitetail side, but nobody for elk hunting in my family at all. So everything that I've done has been my success and learning all by myself. And who do you guys who do you guys guide for again? Is it Clark Fork Outfitters? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So a couple guys that, uh, that that's when you know you have like legitimate hunters on the show is they're, they're guides. And uh, you guys, are you guys booked up this year with, with oh, yeah. Uh, clients? Yeah. yeah, pretty busy. Yeah. You're not taking them to the spot where we were talking nope, earlier, no. right? Okay, no. good. A lot of them can't yeah. make it in yeah. those spots. <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny with Tyler, uh, a couple years ago when I had my first version of stickers made, um, that's how I knew like these guys are pretty legit hunters. Or or maybe maybe it was more that it uh, reinforced the thought that maybe I'm a little bit legit, which is a little laughable, right? Heck yeah. But man. I'm up I'm up in one of my favorite spots, and it's it's the area actually I shot all broken tines in, and I was gonna go hunt there, and I see this badass truck, and I can tell you have hounds, and uh, everything else, and and you're parked where I usually park, and so. Uh, what I think most, a lot of hunters need to start working on and, and maybe doing was a lot like this. It's like, this this is, uh, you know, my fellow hunter here, and he, he knows where he's at. It's a great area. I don't own it. It's public land. So instead of getting upset about it, I put a Western Huntsman sticker on your truck, and then he reached out to me on, like, Facebook or something. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it was cool. Been on my coffee That's how we cup met. for two years ever since. I just gave you an upgraded uh, version, man. Like, yeah, they're going to be right there with <laughs> it, plus more. <laughs> So I, I want to know how you guys are camping. You're heading out on Sunday, which is a cut. We're, we're recording this on a Friday night, and you're heading out Sunday. How you are you guys in a wall tent? Are you are you in a trailer? Yeah, right now we got two campers yeah, up there. Oh, do you? Yeah. Like cab over kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, campers kind of like this. Yeah. Oh, like this one. Pull yep, behind. Yep. And then uh, if they ever open up some of our other units, we'll start backpacking in. Yeah. But for right yeah. now, we'll just stay out of there, kind of local, because we got a bunch of uh, spots, good spots out there where we're gonna go run around. See if we can get into them, kind of like we did this morning. So yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys uh, sent in that video. You had that little spike in front of you. Yeah. Um, is uh, is do you guys have like a preference for backpacking versus like a base camp kind of thing? Just depends. I mean, I, me personally, I really like getting in the backcountry. Yeah. But at the same time, I've had great success both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, a, I've had clients kill 353 bulls out of a camper. Yeah. I've had clients open doors and I got bulls screaming out of the camper doors right in front of them. Shoot, man, I'll hire you. Take me there. <laughs> <laughs> you no. know, and I had, need that spot. <laughs> I've had some guys come up and go, there's no way you're hearing elk like that. And I go, come on up. I'll tell you, I'll open no. the truck door and you'll hear elk every day. Huh. And I've had them mm-hmm. scream to my door creaking. I had the day, last year we're camped, um, we're, we're camped, and I had my whole family up there. And we're in this, what we're sitting in now. So this is not normally a permanent structure like it is now. It's usually the, the mobile hunting trailer, right? And I get back, and it had been a hell of a long day, a lot, a lot of miles. I didn't hear a bugle all freaking day. And, and I, I mean, I probably put on seven, eight miles, which these are North Idaho miles, right? And and we could talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but um, these, these are rough miles. Anyway, I get back to camp. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I sit down in front of the fire. My wife had a fire going. I take my boots off, and no shit, like 150 yards away, this bugle, this this bull starts screaming, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, we're almost in a – we're on a pretty – uh, busy dirt road camped mm-hmm. and this thing's just screaming right outside of camp oh yeah yeah i, I got a bull that's been plaguing me for about five years doing yeah. that same thing you yeah. go hunt all day you walk right past where he is in the morning come right back he's quiet all morning come back to camp right at dark he's down there screaming hmm. you drop yeah, in there right nuts. at night and try to get him he just shuts up that's awesome 
So, but we're going to get him one of these times. One of these days. One of these days, yeah, it's coming. His time's coming. Mm -hmm. What I like about you guys, too, uh, in terms of being hunters and outdoorsmen is is you guys bring it full circle in terms of you're aware of one of the issues that we've talked about on this show a lot, which is wolves. Mm-hmm. And what they've done to our elk here in North Idaho and what they've done in Montana and, uh, I mean, in, even in Washington and Oregon, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, talk to us a little bit, Jacob, start, let's start with you. T- talk to us a little bit about wolf trapping and, and, uh, I mean, you've, you've killed a lot of wolves, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, first I said, uh, just, first of all, I just started with learning how to do it. I mean, I followed Justin Webb and my neighbor Lane Matthews for two years before i even set a trap in the ground i mean it the wolves are so smart and anyone can go out and set a trap mm-hmm. but if they see one little thing you got one little hair they'll shy away from that trap i mean it's God, it's crazy nuts. how smart a wolf is i mean so i mean and they're just devastating our elk herd i mean and, and everything they eat anything so yeah and the last couple years though we've been putting a hurting on them so yeah elk hunting's getting better around here so i feel like we're finally getting to the point and a lot of this is because of you know f4wm and and those efforts but i feel like we're getting to the point where we're getting a handle on the on the growth of the population each year and when i say we i mean me buying a membership to f4wm so you guys can go out and do your thing because i don't know shit about trapping wolves man and that's what we need though we need many people to support the people that can do it i mean because I mean, anyone can go buy traps and set wolves. I mean, and you're just going to make the wolves smarter, though, is the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, that's so, what I worry about. That's so, why I haven't done it. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd educate those so. wolves. Do you guys, what do you think is harder, calling in a, uh, a bull elk in September or trapping a wolf? So, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was catch a wolf. Really? I spent, I don't know, it was over a year. Well, my very first year I ever started, well, it took me... Pretty much, I was tw- 10 days left the season, I caught that wolf. Really? And I spent from <coughs> October 10th into the woods every third day checking gear. And I had one wolf pull out of my foothold. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and but I mean, I spent two years learning before I did anything. So basically, I was trying to learn how. And then, but yeah, it took me nine months. And like Lane Matthews, he said, he didn't catch a wolf his first year. I yeah. mean, so it takes a lot to learn how. And so, I mean, it was 10 days left in season, and I finally hooked up. Finally got so, one. So, and it, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So, God, I mean. nuts, dude. So. I it, It's got to be. What about you, Tyler? Is that, like, kind of same opinion? Yeah. I mean, I haven't caught one yet, but I've called them in with our predator. Oh, you have called stuff. them? Yeah. How, what do you how do you call them? Are you are you just like are you howling with a bugle tube like I got here or is it? We're using Fox Pros. Fox yeah. Pros. Yeah. Okay, so, so I we, need to get one. We called in a couple uh, packs last year. Yeah. First time we actually went out, <laughs> we only had our pistols. We were oh, just and out come, for elk. They come walking up the draw right in front of us, and then two big black ones. I got video of them come walking out right across the corner. Oh man. Yards so we're like, well, let's go back in there the next day and take the Fox Pro and try to see if we can go get him. And we actually got video of the whole thing. And, of course, me missing, but shot right over, right <laughs> They're over, tough, the, man. Right yeah. over the top of him, man. Just yeah. to go shooting down like 60-degree angle, though, and I just didn't compensate for aiming a little lower. And 
Oh man, I I want to go with you guys when we do that. I'm not, I I hate to invite myself. Oh no, man, like I am. I, I used to, to back in the day. I was a prolific <laughs> coyote caller and and slayer of coyotes because they had a bounty on them, yeah. and that's how yeah. I made my gas money, yeah. right? And so. Uh, I've never really translated that to wolves, and so I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see how that goes down. It was. Uh, it's been. A day, it's been a long time since I've been shaking like that at an animal. Oh man, like how I, far away were they? It was 318 yards downhill, but it was. I mean, it was shooting like almost vertical down. Jeez. Before, yeah. yeah. Before he shot, he turned to me and he's like, "I can't quit shaking." I'm like, "Just breathe." <laughs> I mean, I was <laughs> take I've, a deep breath. <laughs> I've shot shot some big bulls, and and I was. So I've never been shaking like that for a long time. That's awesome. That's freaking badass. And and just so for a lot of you listening, because uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, but we have listeners all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. And mainly what what our listenership is 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 of Western hunters. And so for anybody in like the northern half of the the American West can un- start to understand uh, what the wolves' impact has been on us. Um, and and I, I would even argue that even northern idaho versus southern idaho there is a very huge uh disparity in perspective between folks in southern idaho and us and the impacts that we've had um and so what what we're talking none of us so any of you before any of you send me nasty emails just know that it's not like we hate wolves we just want them managed. Yeah. Yep. I think they're cool. I think I think I think they're cool. That's a great animal, but they need to be managed. And for a long time, due to due to these animal rights activists and this litigation and and a lot of the you know let's just call it what it is bullshit, uh, these things were not managed. And so it's no. it's really affected our elk herds. And because of the efforts of you guys, people like you guys, uh, I noticed a huge influx in in elk activity uh, in 2019. Um, 2020 was a weird year, but there was a ton of elk activity for for me, yeah. and this is just what I notice. I felt like there we we've made this change, and and we're seeing a difference. Not that it's super significant yet, but it's there there is a change in the air yeah. with with our elk and how um, how how this management system is, has been working. And so now Montana even has yeah. the opportunity because um, they changed all their their uh, laws there. Yep. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you guys, you, I have to keep you sober enough because uh, you got you got uh, what the banquet for F4WM tomorrow in Kalispell. <laughs> yep, I gotta leave early in the morning. It's okay, his wife can drive. Yep. Look, Justin, <laughs> Justin, if you're listening, it's not my fault if these guys show up a little green. <laughs> but we are drinking whiskey tonight. That's yes, yep. right. <laughs> so, so no, that's I'm good. I'm drinking Mountain Dew now. Oh, now you're drinking Mountain Dew. Well, yep. give it a minute. I'll, yeah. I'll get you some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's a rare thing for me to have people actually in the studio. And uh, I had a buddy of mine in last night, and now you guys tonight. And so it's Sweet. kind of fun yeah. being able to have somebody in, in person. But uh, I suppose since this is school of September, we should talk about elk a little bit. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the the one question that always comes to me when I when I'm talking to like a guide, a hunting guide. Does anything change for you? When you've got a client versus if you're out hunting for yourself, inter- and I don't mean area. Obviously, areas are going to change or whatever. But like, what change? What's the dynamic difference there? Does that make sense? How I'm asking that? Yeah. Like, you're probably a lot more aggressive without a client, right? Or, 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 or am I off base? I, I don't know. Oh, it just really depends on the client. I mean, I've had well last year. I had if you got a guy that hike, you can be a little more aggressive. I mean, but. Most of the clients we get, I mean, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, they retire, and, yeah, they just, I mean, they can afford it now. They can finally go out and hunt, 
but they can't. I mean, we live in North Idaho, and why kinda, would they pick North Idaho? Do they say? Um, like, it, it's just because I mean, it's over counter tag. And oh so, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of states you can't. I mean, you can't just go buy an over counter tag. So I mean, and it. So I mean, but I had a seven year old guy shoot a three thirty nine bull. He came out four years in a row. In and my we spot. Oh, oh, he took your spot. No. Yes, he did. No. <laughs> See the <Okay>. smile? <laughs> it was shared spot. We started hunting together. And so, but, and, yeah. So, anyways, but I mean, they can do it. You just got to be in shape. And I mean, yeah. And it was, shoot, Tyler's had guys that can barely walk and he'll, he'll get them bulls. I mean, so, hmm. I mean. Calling them in, mainly? Calling yeah. them in, yeah. Well, and you guys guide for uh, rifle season, too, don't you? Yep. yep. How much calling do you guys do when you're guiding for rifle season? To me, it just depends on if I hear the bulls. If I hear them talking, I'll go get in there and mix in with them and start talking. When you hear bulls talking or cows? Bulls and cows. Okay, so bulls. Then, then I just, yeah, then I start trying to act like them and trying to do their rutting phase. Uh, like last year, I ended up killing uh, my second bull because I bought two tags last year. Uh-huh. I ended up killing my second one, and I ended up getting him... Because the calf goes down there running around making cow, calf sounds, and then all of a sudden he just started screaming. Because I started cow calling on the far side. So I ended up pulling him a mile, about a mile or half a mile from the other side all the way to me on this side. And where I was and ended up shooting him at 70 yards with my rifle. And he was he was bugling? He was screaming the whole way. What Do you remember like what day of the month was it? Because this is a hot topic. It was uh, October 11th. Okay, so not so, that far no. into October. Okay, so first couple yeah. of weeks of October, they're still screaming their heads yeah. off. But I have had bulls at uh, 25th through the 29th in that second or third phase of the run. Oh, on that A tag, yeah. Going A-tag. nuts. Really? Yeah. See, I've never gotten one fired up there. Yeah, I've had open the door and I've had bulls right next to us just fired up because they got a hot cow and they're running back and forth. Mm. That's pretty cool. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Because I was like, so in Idaho. Uh, for those of you listening outside of Idaho, you have you have all September on the A tag, and then uh, if you if you strike out, you have like five days at the end of October. And I've had to go out those five days a couple times, and, and it's like, man, I, yeah. I can't get I can't get a sound. All I do is all I did bugle off this ridge once, and and like 30 elk ran out of this drainage through this clear cut and up and over the top. I don't even know if there were bulls with them or not. Yeah. They're like, nope. Yeah, it just depends on the area. I mean, and if there's a hot cow, they'll be talking. But yeah, yeah, the first week of October when we can start hunting with rifle, usually pretty, pretty good for calling. I mean, last hmm. year, four of the five days I guided last year I had bulls talking. I mean, so just depends on the area. And I mean, we yeah. killed the four by four bull. He was just down in the draw, seeing the track and called, and he just came right up. I mean, we shot him 15 yards. Oh, really? Off the trail. So I mean, Shoot, it was. Man. It was pretty cool. I mean, so that's way cool. Yeah. So I'm. It's always. Yeah. It, it, that's one of the questions I get a lot. And actually, I'm. I'm kind of ramming this one home a little bit more than usual, just because I've been getting a lot of emails and and questions about. Hey, you know, you talk all the time about September elk hunting, but never October or even late season November. Do you guys guide in like November at all for the um, muzzy? We a little bit every yeah, now and then. every once in a while we get a hunt, but most of the time it's. Yeah, September and October. Yeah, so. yeah. Most, so. most of the time, if we haven't killed one by then, that's when we're hunting for ourselves. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. So I'm, I, I just, uh, I, I never want to feel like I'm leaving rifle hunters out in October. I just, I can't help them because I, I don't hunt rifle yeah. at all, almost, yeah. almost at all. So that's how I with, with elk. I yeah. mean, I hunt a lot of deer with, with rifles, but yeah. that's how I mostly started. Yeah, with rifle. I, yeah, and then I got into it uh, later on. Well, I got more into the archery because I'd, uh, being a youth back when I was grew up, you could hunt. Anything. Basically all the yeah. all the time you can hunt A or B tag. Yeah. As a yeah. youth. Yep. That's how it was when I was a kid too. Yeah. So it's sweet. So you ought to be, you got to do both. Well, I could always call them in, but when I was younger, I'd always get my buddies bulls first, and then they'd end up ditching me uh-huh. until I finally found Jacob, and he's been with me ever since. Yeah. It's like live or die, we're gonna get two elk or three elk this year, depending on how many tags we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, so most of the time, those guys, I'd always get them bulls right off the bat first part of season and they'd leave me and i'd have to go try to call one in for myself well i'd get them to come in but never you know that good, good 30 yards or so sure they'd be out there at 50 yards or 60 yards and so it was is, harder is is that is that kind of like something that you've developed in terms of an, an opinion where you know having like a team calling setup is better than like a solo because i am like 99 percent solo most of the time when i go out um so being that I've done both, I mean it works great both ways. You just you got to figure out how to work work more by yourself. What do you, what do you mean by that? Can you can you kind of drive that home for a lot of the listeners? Like when you're by yourself, what changes versus having like a collar behind you? You got to sound like for me, what's worked the best for me is I can make it sound where I'm I sound like I'm four or five elk at once. So you're doing cow calls or I'm and like one bowl or like a couple bowls? Cow calls, calf calls, mixture of uh, estrus, wines, chirps. Then I'll run back up behind me where I just did all those cow calls, and I'll run up 50, 60 yards, and I'm running the whole time. And then I'll scream and chuckle and rake, and I'll run back down, and then I'll sound like I'm pushing cows, just I'm sound, sound like a whole herd moving through the woods. Dude, I wish you brought That's your bugle cool. so you can. Yeah, I've I got it in the got, truck, man. He's got everything. Yeah, you better go get your. Can you do that? Go grab your. We'll talk yeah. for a minute. Yeah. If you go grab, I have a tube, but I don't yeah. have a, a clean. He's got unless everything. you want to uh, share some slobber here, I got my reed right here. <laughs> no, he's, he's got his calls. Yeah, I brought them. All right, go grab your calls and we'll we'll hang here. Do you need a drink refill or anything? No, I'm good right you good? now. Okay. Yep. So so uh, dear. I don't know. Are you so when you're elk hunting in September? Are you generally with? So we just basically started hunting together. I mean, the last couple of years. But I mean, Tyler last year, basically he was working a full time job. So mm-hmm. and I actually Justin called my bull in last year, Justin Webb. So I mean, but I've done it by myself. I mean, so I yeah. mean, I one of my buddies taught me how to bow hunt, and he's he'll go and run. And run right into the bull. And, I mean, just get in there and, I mean, have the bull in range and shoot him like that. I mean, so, I mean, there's all, I mean, I've killed four bulls with my bow and every one has been different. Yeah. So, I mean. I know, that's the crazy part. I mean, you you just never know the situation. I mean, some of them are got to be a little bit easier or, Mm. I mean, or you can, I mean, or you just got to get in there, get in their bedroom and get it done so i mean i got kind of an off topic question for you guys for for both of you as guides what is like some of the top one or two biggest pet peeves 
This is because I know I have listeners out there that are, are looking to hire a guide, right? Because they, they ask me, hey, you know any guides? I don't know. I, I don't know any guy. I know so, you guys, you know. So what what are some pet peeves so some of the listeners that hire a guide can, can avoid doing them and pissing off their guide in the so future? the biggest one is slamming the door. Slamming the door in the truck. When they get out of the truck, they slam the door. Uh-huh. So that's for him. Oh, yeah. your opine differs. Yeah, because I've had elk scream to that. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's when we're out in the woods and I go to do a calling sequence for them when they're right. next to me trying to figure out where that bull is or the or herd is. Zippers, yeah. And they're sitting there shuffling their feet, turning back and forth, just won't stand still so I can hear it because I've literally had elk jump up in front of them at 25 yards and yeah. come running straight in. Right? I've been with people that do that. It, yeah. It's irritating, yeah. man. It's like, shut up, stand still. Just, yeah. yeah. And, and zippers had, are my, I had like, a guy, out in the woods, too. I mean, I, like, okay. So. so if I get, like, a magnified-sounding zipper when I come <laughs> hunting with you, I should I should watch out. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, speaking of that shuffling thing, yeah. uh, the, one of the guys I had from Texas, he killed bro, one of the biggest bulls we've had in Clark Fork for yeah. a while. I literally just got done tearing into him about the whole shuffling phase and uh he just kind of had this like oh like you know kind of like a dog that just got whipped you know mm-hmm. and i was like trust Tail me between his legs it's gonna pay off man and we literally go around the next corner and he just stands still and i hit my uh cow call i think it was and this bull screams i'm like all right he's like what's the plan i was like well we've been after these things for four days straight now three days straight and i'm like we're just going to play the high game. We're going to stay high. And then when we get where I think I know exactly where he is, we're just going to drop down straight on him. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to set you up and we're going to get him. He's like, no. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, the whole way going out there, I'm going to sound like a whole herd of elk that I'm pushing a small bull, pushing a whole bunch of cows right to him. And that's going to drive him nuts. So the whole time I'm, we're walking, going straight towards him. And I get to where we're about two, 300 yards where I think he is. And we just bail off. Mm-hmm. We get down there and, and I'm like, I think he's right here about 150 yards from us. So we set up, and I hit my cow call once. And he's standing for me to Jacob away. I mean, we're three feet Shoulder. less, shoulders yeah. touching almost. And all of a sudden you hear him. Oh, shit. And all of a sudden I look up, and here he comes. You know, 353 bull, 360 bull. Comes walking, walks right up on the high side of us at 17 yards. Guy pulls back, shoots him, runs down the hill, and dies at 40 yards from us. What? I told you, I was like, hey. I was like, glad you didn't start shuffling your feet, right, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I noticed you got your accoutrements. You have quite the setup there, dude. Yeah, I got a Like, lanyard. that's worse than my fly fishing setup. <laughs> that's nuts. How many calls do you have there? Well, if you count all the mouth reads, uh, it's probably about 25 or 30. Are you as excited as I am about hunting season? Man, it's here, finally, and you still have time to save some money on some great gear by the sponsors who make this show possible. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Scree Gear. Scree is extreme mountain gear, and this is my, what, third season using Scree, and if it sucked, I would have changed by now. Guys, Scree is high-performance hunting uh, attire. It is scientifically proven. It's backed by a great company. Uh, I wouldn't recommend these guys if I didn't believe in them wholeheartedly, and they've they've just they just keep I uh, just keep them on the show because it's great stuff, guys, without breaking the bank. And that's what I really like about the Scree gear. It's ever bit as good as that super expensive stuff that you can get out there. 
but you're not going to break the bank getting it and get all geared up for complete layering systems, all terrain, all conditions, gear designed to adapt to the weather. Uh, it's all backed by a lifetime warranty. And if you, when you order online at SpreeGear.com, VIP sizing and exchange program will cover you if you order the wrong size. You can send it back for free, and they'll send you the right size. It's a great company, great gear. Check it out at ScreeGear.com, if I can spit that out right. And use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. That is one heck of a deal. Let's roll right into Hoffman Boots. Hoffman Boots, I believe uh, this is like my eighth or ninth season running uh, a pair of Hoffmans. I use the Explorers. And I love the Hoffman Explorers in the 8-inch. You can also get them in the 6-inch. Depends. That's just kind of a personal preference thing. Hoffman boots are, again, kind of like Scree, where it's a great boot without spending an absorbent amount of money. Right? So that's why I use the Hoffman boots is because I'm getting everything that I need out of a boot. These are rugged boots. They last a long time. Like I told you, I'm, I'm going on like eight or nine years with these things, and I'm only on my second pair. They will keep you from sliding down the mountain because they've got excellent traction, excellent waterproofing, excellent everything. Go to hoppinboots.com and use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Phelps Game Calls, the oldest sponsor on this here Western Huntsman podcast. I am recording this on the opening day of archery elk season, and I've got all my Phelps stuff laid out, ready to go. I use the Maverick. I use the Renegade. I use the new metal tube. Uh, all of it. It's great stuff. It has never let me down. I've been using it for a long time. I was one of the first believers in Phelps Game Calls, and you should be too. Go to phelpsgamecalls.com. Use promo code HUNTSMAN10 to save you 10% when on your order. And good luck out there. Here we go, September. And last but not least is Tacticam. Tacticam is a unique sponsor on the Western Huntsman podcast. And you can get all the Tacticam products at thewesternhuntsman.com, a portion of which goes to conservation efforts in fighting against the anti-hunting movement. So be sure to go to thewesternhuntsman.com and pick you up some uh, some cameras. You can get the uh, I recommend the uh, getting two cameras if you're going to self-film. Get the 5.0 and get the wide lens. Those two you can basically attach to yourself or if you're in the states that allow it to a weapon and film your entire hunt. They also have cool products like the Spotter LR. They have the Reveal cell cameras, which are way cool. We should have those on the website here shortly. Uh, and go check it out at thewesternhuntsman.com forward slash gear. And let me know what you think. Let's get back to the show. And here we go. Okay. You're, so you're going to kind of do what you do in the woods for us? I can do and, it. And, yeah. yeah let's, let's hear that, man. And you can just kind of, you don't, don't blow them right into the call or uh, right into the call, right into the microphone. Just kind of off to the side a little bit. That way it doesn't clip it out. Just kind of come back here. You should see this lanyard, guys. I, I should take a picture of this. <laughs> it works. I mean, it, it works. It, it, it does look like it works. So I use a little bit of all. <coughs> we love the Phelps. Yep. I mean, it's, that is one of my Oh, you got the pink? The yeah. Phelps pink? Oh, man, they go nuts. I'm going to tell my buddy Dirk. You, you... <laughs> I'm my real guy. Come on, Dirk. We'll have a calling contest. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's hear it. But... This is one dude doing this, so you guys listening.
And if I want to get real crazy, I got, you know, a couple other ones that make even more. But Okay, so let me ask you something. You've got all that going on, right? Um, and then do, you do that for a time period. And and just so I, – I wish sometimes this, this podcast was recorded over video so you guys could see. But so basically what Tyler has is he's got like this lanyard. He's got some mouth open reeds. He's got some uh, – Mouth reads. He's got. I mean, all sorts of different calls. What are those? You've got the. What, what the hell are those called from? Hoochie mamas. hoochie mamas. I was drawing a blank on him. Yeah, got He's the, got a couple of hoochie mamas. We got the baby. We got the mom. We got the hyperlip double. Uh, You've got all these different. You know, high, hot lips. You know. I, me personally, I always see it as every elk likes a different tone. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, nothing wrong with Phelps at all. I love them. They've brought in us so many elk. Mm-hmm. But I've also found bulls where this stupid-looking hot, hot lips from Primos... Hot lips, huh? ...has brought in a bull... I that, always like their names, hot that lips. I, ...that I could not get any other call to work, and he jumped up 60 yards from us and ran straight in, and the guy shot him at 10 yards. That's true. They do like the different variations in, in sounds. So um, how long are you doing that little sequence or whatever you want to call that? It just depends... Uh, I need to send you a video. Actually, let, let's back up. Let's we're gonna we're gonna come back to this. Let's say, uh, and both of you, chi- either one chimes okay. in, because kind of the and, and I try to explain this with every school of September episode. Um, and I know it might sound redundant to some people, but I know guys, we're a half an hour into this, and I have not really explained this. But the school of September is our series where we get all sorts of different elk experts on as we approach the month of September, so that new hunters or experienced hunters alike can take all this information from all these different experts and kind of put it in their toolbox and pull it out during elk season. Okay, I covered that part. So I want to back up and I want to kind of put it in from the perspective of somebody who's maybe only been hunting for a couple of years or maybe they're brand new. This is our first season or hell, maybe it's their 10th season, but they just started wanting to kind of educate themselves on it. Right. And so they're, they're listening to this. Can you guys walk us through what, uh, just a, like a bird's eye view of what your day looks like in September? What, what do you, what time do you start? Um, how far do you go from the truck? And we're talking about base camp, not not backcountry just yet. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, a lot of times we'll go out and we'll do some, some night bugling or trying to locate them, trying to figure out where there is. Because there's been times where we have gone out in the early mornings, like, oh, there should be a whole bunch of elk in this area because we got recon, cameras, everything, you know. And we've had duds. So we've learned that any way we can, we'll go do some night bugling or, heck, we'll even get up at 1, 2 in the morning and leave camp, and then we'll just drive through some of our spots, and we'll stop at each spot. Go 100, 100 yards off the road and bugle and something answers, and we'll wait. I think, I think one thing that would be important to interject here is the uh, uniqueness of the ability to do that in North Idaho. Yeah. Like, if you're hunting in Utah... You're not going to do that, no. right? Or if you're hunting in uh, Arizona in the desert, you know, you know, or pinion pines in New Mexico, whatever. It's going to change, guys, as, you, as we're listening. So this is a very unique situation. I think the other place you could do this is maybe like coastal Oregon or yep. something, right? Yep, yep. So just a clarification. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then, so then most of the time we're always leaving between two and three in the morning, pretty early, because we like either getting down in with them, because we've had a lot of a good luck in that first light movement. You know, there is times where we have literally had bulls and 
talking all day long. But it seems like one that, you know, going back to kind of the wolves, once they finally moved in, they kind of tightened them up to where they didn't want to talk as much. So you either had to have late early mornings or late evenings. So you're start you you said something there. You start low, right? Which is pretty consistent with my, mm-hmm. anybody that knows anything about elk, right? Yep. You're starting low, and you're you're just kind of working in, calling about maybe a hundred yards from the truck. Do you yep. guys have like a rule of thumb? Okay, truck's parked. I close the doors. We're out of here. Before you make your first call, or do you call from the road? Or so usually, I just sit in the truck and let tire go over the bank and. If I hear a bugle, I'll get ready. But, so. <laughs> so, Jacob, I want to know what your opinion is on, um, and, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes, first thing in the morning, I'll be driving along, and I'll stop about every half a mile or mile, and I'll bugle. Now, I shut the truck off and yeah. let it set for yeah. a couple minutes, and then I'll get out and bugle. And, again, that, I think, is super unique to North Idaho, because of all our logging trails and all these forest service roads and all this stuff. Like, I, I would never have done that in Utah or Colorado or Wyoming. Yeah. Maybe one spot in Wyoming that I know of. But I only fly fished that area. I never hunted it. Yeah. So, anyway, um, what do you? what is your opinion on that? Am I wasting my time? No. I mean, it... I mean, I almost killed a bull that way yeah. one time. I mean, it works. Yeah. I mean, so. But, yeah, when I'm hunting with Tyler, I just sit in the truck. And I mean, when I'm when we're hunting, I get out sometimes. But most time, I say, you go over the bank, and I hear a bull, I'll get ready. But if not, have you ever burned your mouth on coffee because you were blown away? <laughs> he just got a response right there. <laughs> so last year we were at the spot, and I'm pouring sitting down there, rain. pouring down rain, and I'm sitting there, and next thing I know, I just hear a bull beagle, and I'm like. I didn't even hear him make a cow call or nothing, and there was already we had six bulls bugling that day. I mean, oh, he just walked over the edge, and I'm like, he didn't have. He's like, came up with the truck just with a big shitting grin on his face, and he's just like, <laughs> let's go. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. cool. So, but. I, I, I like, I envy the friendship you guys have, and like you guys, I could tell you guys are like shooting each other looks, because you know, you know, you guys have this history, and you know what the other one's going to say, and, and how the other one's going to react kind of thing. Yeah. It's That's pretty, awesome. That's pretty cool. Not yeah. a lot of people have that. Oh. Yeah, there's been many times I come back after getting bulls talking, and he's sitting there, got his feet up on my mirror, <laughs> just kicked back, like, yep, I heard him, let's go. And I'm like... <laughs> she ever gonna call, man? Nope, I got what I got you for. <laughs> so circling back, uh, Tyler, to your, I'm I'm like way interested in this whole setup you got here, because um, I I geek out when it comes to calling in. It, well, any kind of animal, I don't care if it's coyotes or bull elk or uh, I don't know what else you call in polar bears, something. <laughs> anything and, uh, we can. Yeah. <laughs> anything we can. Uh, Oh, I won't say that. Don't, we don't talk about Democrats that way. Jeez, folks. What the heck? Anyway, when you are, let's say you, you get out. You, you uh, lock the truck up and you head off into the woods, right? And you're, you're hitting a ridge or you're starting low, whatever. At what point do you determine that it's time to make that that big uh, display, I guess is what I'll call it? A lot of times I'll do it just walking through every now and then. But most of the time I do it when... We have a bull like across the canyon that's hung up. He's like, nah, I'm not coming. Okay. It's, you know, it's, okay, it's right, right about that like nine, ten o'clock about other bedtime when they go lay down for uh-huh. midday. Midday. Yeah, the you know, little... midday lull, and 
and I've had guys look at me and even some well-experienced hunters, and they go, you're not going to pull that bull across there. It's about his nap time. You know, I'm going to go take a nap for the day and then get up and do their evening things. And I just look at them and go, just watch this. And I'll go down there, and i got some video I'll have to show you, Jim, and, and Jacob took of it, and I'm just running back and forth, just doing all this stuff, moving. And that bull literally come from a mile and a half at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, all the way to us within 30 yards of us. Whoa. And he stayed there. For 45 minutes. When you minutes. say midday, give me an idea of what time. It's about that 10.30, 11, okay, you know, that. So that's my favorite time yeah. to call bulls, mm-hmm. but that that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's, you know, that about that, when that sun really starts peaking, you know, that 10.30-ish mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and they start trying to go bed down, and you can hear them bugle from their beds every now and then, but they, they'll still come, but, you know, that's, that's when I can, when I start doing that, and then they get... Especially during the peak of the rut. So when you're when you're doing that, um, you know there's a bull there. Or do you ever do that as like a cold calling thing? I've, I've done it a little bit of both ways, actually. Yeah. And it's the thing with the cold calling is you got to be ready. Because you yes. start doing that and all of a sudden they'll just come running at you. And how long are you doing that? Can you do it again for us? I just got to hear that again. <laughs> let, let me hear that again. Throw that read back in your mouth. Because that, that's crazy. That's <laughs> Again, Keep in mind, guys, this is one dude doing this, making all this ruckus. That's nuts. How long do you do that for? It just depends. A few I've, minutes? Or? Yeah, I've, I've done it for a few minutes. I've done some for five, ten-minute calling sequences, just running. I mean, I got videos of just mad dash just running through the woods, just sounding like whole elk. And I'll stop, and then I'll, nuts. I'll do that and just instantly drop it all and just start screaming and raking trees and sound like there's a bull losing his cows, and huh. it just gets them going nuts. That's Okay, so you've got that going on. Do you ever do that alone, or do you have like a either a client or like Jacob with you? I've done it alone. It's it's a lot harder when mm-hmm. you're alone because then you got to make sure that you can hear that bull like coming in, so then you can run down in front of where you just were calling because you know they up here it's so thick. Yeah. You know that you they got to come for us to get a shot. We're looking at maybe 20 yards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time they always get to that 60 to 100 yard range, and that's where they're like, whoa. They hang up. Yeah. Yep. And that's where you're like, you got to make sure you can hear them coming so then you can break past where you just were calling and get to that area where you might be able to get a shot. And that's where it gets tough when you're by yourself. But yeah. I have got lots of shots by myself that way. Okay. I've, until last year, I didn't get any. Yeah. I've missed. Well. Well, I mean, but we I, had, I had opportunities, <laughs> man. <laughs> you're bow hunting. It's but, hunting. you know, that's the thing. It's like I've... I've killed 14 elk, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, that's pretty good. I, I think, I mean, it's not, how old are you? Uh, 27. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. You know, yeah. I've, if but, you were, if you were 80, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. If you're 80 and you killed yeah. 14 bulls, that's pretty damn good. Actually, But, I've, but I've, <laughs> I've called in, uh, just as many for clients the same way. Yeah. You know, so I have, and I think about like, well, I gotta think about that too. Like all the ones I've got clients, you know, it's like, 
Yeah. Do you ever have clients and you start doing that for, and they turn around like and look at you like, what in the freaking <laughs> world are you doing, dude? Uh, I've literally been on a, a spot that was so steep. We got this bull to come across the draw like that. And it was steep, and but it was big timber. And the guy is sitting there looking back at me. And the bull walks below him at 40 yards. Oh, he doesn't man. get a shot. And I'm looking past him at the bull, and the bull stand there broadside. <sighs> See that that kind of stuff. I, I couldn't be a guy, yeah. man. I'd be pissed. It's, it's it gets real tough. I've, I've you know I've called in bulls where I had one guy shoot a bull at 18 yards, and his dad uh, loved these guys to death. Uh, he was like 56, and his dad was 74, and his dad had Parkinson's. So he was out there trying, and he mm-hmm. was trying to shoot an old recurve bow that he made himself and everything. And oh, really? It was oh, awesome. Sweet. And uh, I ended up bringing in this bull right across this trail because we were hunting this easy walking trail for him because it's easier for him. Mm-hmm. And I bring this bull right across this trail to him. And this bull is standing there at 20 yards from him. And he's sitting there the whole time just shaking, looking at this bull. Fuck. And the bull walks off. And his son walks up and goes, Dad, why didn't you shoot that bull? He's like, well, it was like 35, 40 yards, wasn't it? He goes, no, Dad, it was 20 yards. I could have shot it like five <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. But That's awesome. They man. come back for... Five, six years after that, hunted me every year. Really? And they, they just loved it. Every time we had bulls in front of them, and they, they didn't get any more after that one hunt, but they, I mean, they had them right up close blast. and personal. What and, what all do you guys guide for? Just elk or? So, I guide spring bear, and uh, we do spring bear hunts, and hopefully doing some turkey hunts pretty soon. So, trying to spend, Oh, you guys going to add that? Yeah, the, the we're adding hunts? the turkey hunts, and then... You should oh. come out here, dude. I got lots of turkeys here. <laughs> yeah. My dog my dog killed one the other day. Oh, yeah. He's so. going to get me a ticket, man. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, fall, we do spring or fall bear, uh, elk, then uh, deer, then we do some moose hunts if we're lucky to get a tag. So, this year, we actually got two oh, really? non-residents coming. So, me and Tyler are both guiding moose hunts in Unit 4. And then there might be one more coming. So, and then, yeah, we do wine hunts, too. And so, and do, you, do you run your own hounds? Uh, so yeah, we both got hounds. So, oh, do you? Um, I haven't guided with them yet, but I'm just, I'm just getting into hound hunting. So, but you don't like guide for wolves or anything? Uh, no, the fishing game, we're trying to figure it out, but yeah, it's, they don't like actually, that. it's actually, yeah, legal. Oh, it is? Someone to come shoot a wolf out of your trap and stuff. So, I mean, um, cause they gotta if, have the trap. You've got a client that has a wolf tag and you're, you're hunting mule deer, and you got your rifle. The client has a yeah. rifle, and he sees a wolf. Yeah. Can he shoot it? So, yeah, actually, I had a guy from Hawaii. Uh, his partner wanted to shoot a bear, so I put him on a bear bait. Guy, they didn't really want to hunt elk. They just came they came up, and he wanted to kill whitetail. He killed the whitetail. And so we're just waiting on his buddy. We go back, and next thing we know, we see this wolf running across the hillside. And 108 yards, and I said... I don't want to stop it because I didn't want to scare it. So I said, as soon as he comes out in the opening, give it to him. And he <laughs> shot right behind it, and it just went up the hill. So, yeah, we can guide wolf hunts. Okay. Um, we okay. haven't. But for trapping-wise, you can't. So, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, for Yeah. So anything out, anything, if you have a tag for it, we can guide for it. So mm. and size turkey in the national forest. So, I mean. But. Is that a thing? Like, it's you just can't you can't guide for turkey? or um. I'm not sure the rules on turkey all the, I mean, but I mean, usually, I mean, there seems like there's coming a lot more turkeys now in the mm-hmm. national forest. So maybe one day it'll change where we can. Dude, there's here. tons, man. I had, I'm not one of those dudes that necessarily relates 
spring turkey hunting to elk hunting in the fall. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the rut and all that. But it was like a rut fest up in the National Forest for me this last yeah. year. I had turkeys everywhere. Yeah. It was fun. And it seems like, I mean, just right here up on Twin Creek on our bear bait, I bet yeah. we have half dozen gobblers. I mean, yeah. clients are sitting there and they're looking at a turkey, and but just can't. I'm not sure the reason why we can't, but I mean. Interesting. So I know we just, yeah, haven't been able to do it yet, but That's I'm crazy. hoping this spring. We'll build a we've got some private property lease in Tyler's ranch too, so yeah, get some turkey hunters and so. spot spot there. Yep. When uh, when we came up and look at this property, it was like uh, end of April, beginning of May or whatever, and I didn't have a rifle or any or a shotgun on me or anything, but my girls and I we hear this turkey goblin down just off this flat here, and I called him right to us, man. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm like, man. Because it was season, I could have shot him, but I, I didn't bring. We were looking at a property. I didn't bring a gun to shoot him, but yeah, anyway, no. it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, turkey turkey hunting, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, especially put a bow in your hand and yeah. try to do it. It's I a mean, lot of action. That's what I like about it. It's yep. not it's not like you know you go two days in between here and uh-huh. you yep. know if you're in the right spot. There's yeah, just yeah. it's a lot of action. Right. Like down at our ranch, you can literally walk out there and walk under their roost and have probably twenty five gobblers going nuts at mm-hmm. you, and we just go over there and get everybody set up in the blinds and you know it's, it's it's still not like you know some people think oh it's super easy you know you're just gonna set it up right it's there. not easy they're gonna come it's right down action. in there yeah. Yeah, yeah you know and and even then i've i've set we've set up like that right underneath their roost or close to it mm-hmm. they don't even come in or come near us interesting you know it, it's it's not it's fun yeah, it's hunting. not easy like everybody says. Yeah, it's hunting. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's hunting. It's still hunting for Probably sure. We all love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, do you have a patent on your lanyard call setup? <laughs> you should. A copyright situation because I'm going to make one, and it's going to be called the Western Huntsman uh, Tyler Edition. And there's nothing you could do because I'll get the patent. No, I you better don't. hurry. I just just come up with it one day. I was <laughs> shopping in North Forty or. I think it's North Warrior Cabela's one day, and I was like, you know what? I got so many dang calls, I'm tired of all the different strings. Uh huh. I'm just gonna get one where I can. It's actually pretty brilliant. I've never on, seen man. that before, except for I have a lanyard like that for fly fishing. Yeah. You know, I got my floating and my fly yeah. box and yeah. and whatever, and it's like this lanyard set up, and that way I don't have to wear the vest or whatever. Yeah. So I like it better. But um, okay, I'm gonna hit you guys with some lightning rounds. Uh, lightning round uh, of, of elk hunting questions for, and we can go into October hunting too. So if anything applies to both, or if I ask something that specifically changes in your mind from, you know, guiding experience or whatever, um, yeah, like for example, the full moon affects them big time during the rut, but maybe not in October. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that kind of stuff. So, uh, well, start with that full moon. What, what does a full moon do to a uh, rutting elk in September? Keeps them up all night, in my opinion. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Just depends. If you're looking to get on them first thing in the morning, it can be great. Sometimes by about seven o'clock though, they're already headed towards their bedding areas because they've been up for. They're done for a few hours. Yeah, they've yeah. been up for twelve hours, just going nuts. So I don't. Have you ever heard uh, when I get Dirk Durham on, and and we talk about midday madness yep, yep. and 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 where where how we're calling them in? I feel like that is most effective during a full moon yep. because of what you said. Yep. They're in bed early, so they're ready to get a little, you know, so, frisky yep. midday. Yeah. Yeah. So last year we actually, me and Justin, we were going up this ridge and I believe it was pretty close to full moon. And I mean, we had bull, we had a bull bugle right off the bat. And then mm-hmm. he pretty much 
we got him, got close, almost killed him. And then we're just sitting up there, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. We were like, we had a bull kind of off the far bugle. And so we're like, oh, we'll just go split up and do some cow calling midday and see. Next thing I know, Justin come running down to me, doing three cow calls, trying to get me, get my attention real quick. And yeah, sure enough, 11 o'clock. I mean, we had this bull in this dark timber and I mean, he just went off and I mean, he was, I sat there 25 yards, listening, breathing heavy. And he had a cow that was talking to Justin. And I mean, and as soon as I heard that the cow left and I could hear the bull still panting and he broke, raked a tree. And then as soon as I heard that bull leave, I mean, I snuck right in there and I mean, and seen him and stuck him and yeah, that's freaking cool. It was pretty sweet. So. You made, you made me think of this uh, question that's a little off topic, but when it comes to Justin, and we're talking about Justin Webb, the executive director of F4WM, is he as serious and as formal with you guys when you're hunting as he is with me when I talk to him like twice a year? We make him. He's like got to get out of his comfort. You, okay, okay. Yeah, I, so I was just curious. He's like, so formal. Yeah. He, and I'm like, Justin, you got to relax, dude. Man. You should, you should <laughs> have seen the first time he ever come hunting with us. He just looked us like, are you guys serious, man? Yeah, and, and, and after that, he's just it. It's been fantastic. All three of us will go out, and it's yeah. just have a he, good time. He's such a good dude, man. We I love the story he told on when he because he was on the show. Well, he's been on the show a couple times, but the first episode, how he grew up on the Pack River, and his dad's dragging the kids down mm-hmm. by their ears to wash them in the river, and it's cold. And uh, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, we got some grouse yeah. and some uh, deer stories. We'll have to tell you. Some outline. Some outline stories about Justin. A little off-air kind of stuff. <laughs> oh no, they'd even be good for listeners, but they're funny. You yeah. get a kick, man. I love it, man. I love it. It's it's what's great about the whole the, the just the, the community that is hunters you know yeah. yeah yeah good stuff where were we we were talking about full moons full moon, yep. yeah let's move to um and i'm gonna ask i, I want uh, they don't have to be different answers but separate answers i'll start with you tyler uh if if you were to let's say you got a new job in the big city and you had to wear a suit and tie and you only had seven days that they would give you to go hunting in September, what seven days would you pick? Probably the 15th through, so what is this, 15th through? Through so like the, the 22nd kind of Yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. And is there is there any particular reason? What, do you feel like they're more vocal? Do you feel like they're more responsive? Do you feel like they're more dumb, rutted up, whatever you want to call it? You know what I mean? <sighs> Just because I feel like you, I got a better chance of getting in on them, they're they're, you know, sometimes at the first part of season they can kind of be a little not ready to rut. Yeah, the rut hasn't fully kicked on, and then, you know, generally by the middle towards the end, you know that all right, they're going to be at least there's going to be some bull somewhere that's still looking for a hot cow, mm-hmm. you know, and then all the the different cycles of the cows going through their. Uh, you know, their estrous cycle yeah, kind of thing. Cycles, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's going to be one somewhere that's going to have a bull going. Mm-hmm. And you'll always be able to find that bull because he won't be able to keep his mouth quiet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Jacob? Does, so, does it change at all? Um. Yeah, the middle of the month is, seems like the best time. I mean, so it's, but I do, I follow the moon phase a little more too. I mean, go back to that. I mean, so that last well after the full moon that like 
where it goes to a third of the moon or, or yeah what is our full moon phase this year i'm gonna so, look that up real quick so it's like a week after the full moon it seems like the best i've had best luck for it so just because that that would be good information to have full i'm googling here watch out full moon september 2021 right there I had an app, and when I got my new phone, for some reason that app didn't come over. It's actually cool because it it would tell you, um, like, okay, it's a full moon that day, but it's only a full moon at nighttime for like three hours. So it doesn't have the same effect Mm -hmm. where if the full moon rises at, uh, you know, 7 o'clock at night, you're going to have all night long of full moonness, and that's different versus one that's coming up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh man, so. see see why I bitch about my internet every time. <laughs> I'm so, gonna try something else. My phone says full moon's 9:20 this year. So, 9:20? Okay. So basically, I mean, I'm hoping to be done the first week so I can get the wolf trapping. But so like, yeah, four or five days after the full moon, it seems. So that last ten days this season's probably gonna be, hopefully, be good. So. Yeah, September. Okay, so this is helpful too. Full full moon, September twenty, at and the it's it's gonna rise at seven fifty four p.m. So that's gonna tell me that it is gonna be pretty bright all night long. So those bulls are gonna be bedded down before the sun even comes up. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with yeah, that? Yeah, that's. So uh, if you look at the full moon calendar, this is always something I like. I, I kind of geek out on this. I don't geek out on it too much, but I I think I learned it from fishing. No. So, you know, I oh, really yeah. big time barometric pressure yeah. and and moon phase and all that kind of stuff really applies to fishing. So, uh, okay. Ah, man. What is this thing doing? What is that? You want a free guide? <laughs> free guide. How to start a vegetable garden. No. Criminy. All right. So, September. I don't know what this thing does, but anyway, not to get too, not to spend too much time in the weeds on this, but I, I just think that I was trying to find out if they had a time where, you know, how many hours during the night, like September 25th, is that brighter moon going to be? So last quarter, September 28th. So new moon, September 6th. So mm-hmm. that first, uh, from like the 5th through the, I don't know, 8th or 9th is going to be pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very dark. First quarter uh, is going to be September 13th. So you're going to have a half a moon, uh, and then that's going to, you know, move in, into that full moon by the 20th, and then last quarter, September 28th. So um, if if you're one of those hunters out there that that is super concerned about the full moon, you want to look that up because that's going to make a big difference, and then find so, out what times the moon the moon is coming up. So like last quarter, September 28th, it doesn't come up till about 10 o'clock at night. Um, you're going to have quite a bit of light there for most of the night. But uh, 4.41 p.m. for that first quarter on September 13th means that that moon is going to be gone, um, you know, around 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, I believe. I, I mean, I'm no, I'm no moon scientist, but uh, we'd have to verify that. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully so that helps somebody. Well, we're looking, though, like August. I mean, the full moon was, what, a week ago? Yeah, uh-huh. less, less than a week yep, ago. Yep. So, and I think a lot of it, like the estrogen rut, I mean, so like the first is what Mike Cregan taught me back in the day. Like, so we got like three stages of rut, basically. Mm-hmm. So you got August when they first start coming in. Then in September, you got the second, basically, into September or whenever the full moon is. 
or whatever. I mean, it depends on moon phase. And then, like, in October, you got that last rut or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that's basically how I was taught. So, I mean, but the asterisk is basically off the moon, I I mean, so yeah, that was what I was basically. A lot of it, yeah, yeah. So, the the sun, the, you know, the amount yeah. of light. Okay, this thing's throwing <laughs> pop ups like freaking Biden throws gas prices around. Okay, <laughs> who said that? <laughs> we getting political? Um, oh, sir. So we talked about moon phase. We talked about favorite weeks. Did we? We covered your favorite week yeah. that mid month. Mid month. Um, I think that that gosh, that pretty much like covers a lot of that. Right? I mean, is there is there anything else you guys would want to add? Well, well, let me ask you this. What is, like, in your mind and, and separately, and whether you use your guide experience or just what you see on, like, social media or whatever, what are, like, the one of the biggest mistakes each hunter makes? Uh, who wants to start? When it comes to elk, September elk. You want to go? No, go ahead. <laughs> Kick us off, Tyler. I'd say one of the biggest <clears throat> mistakes is... Not knowing when to be aggressive and when not to be. So can you can you give us an idea of like when when is it absolutely no doubt in your mind it is time to be aggressive? For me, I notice that when I've really got this bull, I've been hearing him all day or for a few hours, and I just got him just worked up, and he he just you know he won't budge, he's kind of hanging, and then that's kind of when I'll do my entourage here. Uh-huh. And I'll just hit him. I'll hit him and I'll take off after him. I mean, there's times I have literally, we've caught bulls chasing him. Uh-huh. You know, they're trying to get out of there and we'll just go barrel down straight in after him. And they'll just stand there like, you're coming after me? I don't think so. And then it just turns into a big, who's bigger? And then we've okay. ended up, ended up getting them or at least having them in bow range. Yeah, yeah. You know, then there's sometimes you can tell like, I mean, we've we've named so many different bulls. You know, we got the squealer bull and then the chicken bull, and then there's some we can't say on air. And <laughs> <laughs> the chicken blankety blank blank yeah, bull. Yeah, he just yeah. bolts. You yeah, know, yeah, and it's yeah. like you. Oh, I'm gonna get you, man. But yeah. hmm. So um, not being aggressive at the right time. Yeah. Basically, is there a scenario you can like work out? Uh, where it's like somebody's being aggressive when they absolutely should not be being aggressive. And it, here, I'll, I'll give you a vocalization. All right. You're, let's say you're out there and you, you send off a little locate bugle. And I ask this of everybody for school of September. Where's my bugle tube? There it is. <laughs> so I, and it, and the reason I ask this every, every to everybody is I hear this every year and I never know what to do. Right. So it's a, I let off a locator bugle and I get this. <laughs> back that's it and it that's basically what it sounds like and i never know i know not to go crazy aggressive it's not like i challenge him or anything and i but i try to finesse him and then they always go silent on me do you have a recommendation on that one it's that lazy laying in their bed kind of yeah, thing yeah i've got so when i hear that i depending on my mood because sometimes i'm just so amped up that i gotta calm myself down like jacob's like hey man calm down and i'm like i can't you know <laughs> i get that way too yeah, yeah. you know but <laughs> but uh if i can contain myself we'll try to go sneak in on him sneak, uh-huh. or sneak in on him as close as we can and then just kind of try to get him to do that every now and then so then when he finally gets up his first option is to come to us 
to come see, hey, what was all that noise down there? What, what do you mean? What? How are you responding to them, though? With cow calls or uh, with, like, some... Yeah, light cow calls. Just a little locator, bu- yeah. locator bugle uh, or... Mostly I do just some soft cow calls. Okay. You know, real soft and just kind of like, I'm over here. Hey, you, you know... You, you throw like, hoochie mama at them? Yeah. <laughs> no. I try not to use them too much. Unless he's doing his I, I, yeah. I... I I am going to retract all the fun I have made at the Hoochie Mama after I heard that whole sequence you did there, man. Like I, the, the Hoochie Mama has been the blunt of many jokes on this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that it makes sense in that kind of yeah. scenario, right? Yeah, and that's you know that's just what I've told guys. I've told guys that you know have got 15, 20 years of hunting experience. It's like man, I just can't get this bull to come or, or something. And I'm just you know I, I'll try something like this. You know, just try. Try doing it to where you sound like a herd. Because, I mean, where do elk found, you know, feel natural when they're in a herd together? Sure. Because more eyes, more, you know, they, they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you can sound like that, man, you just, sometimes they'll just come barreling in at you. Hmm. And it's just, it's just amazing how they come in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Come running sure. in with, I mean, not even trying to smell you or nothing. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense, man. Um, Jacob. How about you, man? What is like the number one mistake for uh, September elk hunters in your mind? So playing the wind. I mean, you can't beat an elk's nose. I mean, Wait, did so you listen to this? That's my answer every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you don't have the wind right, you ain't gonna get nothing. Yeah. I mean, so that with any hunting. I mean, even when you're trying to call wolves or elk or doesn't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. animal's nose is the best thing. I mean, so I mean. You can have all the best gear in the world, and they're still gonna smell you. I, mean, I was, so. I was thought it would be so. If I was like a scientist, you know, all the things they're working on inventing, and I know this isn't that important in the grand scheme of, you know, the human uh, experiment, but I would, I would love to invent this thing that could show us how elk smell yeah. or bears bears even oh, more yeah. so right like like just i if if we could experience the magnitude mm. of their smells i think it would make a big difference uh you know with how we understand these animals oh, and yeah. how we can hunt them It'd be amazing yeah. yeah like this thing you, you strap it on like instead of a covid mask you put it over <laughs> your nose yep and every time you sniff, you could smell, smell just like as good elk. as an elk. Yep. So. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, oh, Man, yeah. we smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably shower more. <laughs> I need to switch soaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the wind. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest thing for me. So. Yeah, I I totally I I totally I knew we were gonna get along. That's yeah. my that's always my answer. Wind is. Yeah. So I, and the only reason it is for me is because nobody taught me that as a kid. You know, I grew up hunting. And nobody talked about the wind, and nobody talked about thermals and and how thermals, um, how they're different than like a prevailing wind in the Midwest. Um, I, I, you you watch a lot of these uh, the these staged hunting shows in uh, on these Midwestern farms where they're constantly in a deer stand, and and they they talk about the prevailing wind, right? Well, that 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 is so different. So if if you're listening to this in for, in like Texas, um. Where, where it's flat and you have those prevailing winds, you know, three o'clock every day, the, the, the southwest wind picks up. It's so different than a mountain thermal oh. and how the mountain thermals affect, you know, elk, in my opinion, live by these mountain thermals. Yeah. Um, and that's why they they go up in the morning. They go down at night, you know, that these mountain thermals dictate their life. And mm-hmm. so it's just such a big deal to me. Sometimes, like the last couple of years, it seems like they're blowing either direction too. You just can't win either. I know. Well, and and the slightest breeze can throw them off. 
um, there, it's just a real complex thing. And, and I, I, I wrote an article once about mountain thermals and I, I always want to, I, I want to like get really in depth with it one time. Cause it's so complex. Oh, like yeah. you said, you know, that, that a storm that is only affecting that mountain range yep. can have a huge impact yep. on, on, on your thermals. And, <laughs> and like, so it, it could change your strategy mm-hmm. where normally you wouldn't go down there because of the way the thermals are going. Well, now that that storm, and mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, is is pushing those thermals the other way, yeah. you can actually make a play on that elk. Yeah, it's so. just like the, the archery bull I ended up killing last year. Mm-hmm. It was the same way. The yeah. only way the wind would stay in our favor is when we had a cloud of fog come at us. Yeah, yeah, the fog. Yeah, yeah. the fog will change your thermals like you know, crazy. So anytime the fog would come up, like, all right, let's go. So I'm take, glad you said that. We'd take off down there, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it disappeared, and we'd jump back to the other side of the ridge. Yeah. And then, it, and then finally we had a... Consi- uh, Consistent. Steady, consistent fog coming up there, and we dove back over and split up. And he, you know, the spike, but he come up at 28 yards, and I got him. That was the first archery one I ever got. Hmm. That's Out crazy. Of all man. the years I've hunted, it's crazy. Well, I I feel like we have uh, we've kicked off like this uh, this friendship. Where uh, I feel like yeah, you guys man. are going to be back in the studio. Oh yeah. You guys good with that? Heck yeah, yeah dude. Because I, I like having you guys. You guys are my peeps, man. <laughs> yes, sir. This is uh, this is the kind of conversations I really like to have. Um, do you guys have uh, like an Instagram or a website you want anybody to uh, know about, or a Facebook page or anything like that? I got Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram. oh oh oh, I just pushed your mic, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Facebook Un- and Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, shoot, I think it's JD. Night. Am I following you on Instagram? Or I'm not sure. I don't know either, man. <laughs> Instagram's confusing because everybody it's never by anybody's name. Yeah. Except for mine. Mine's easy. It's at the Western Huntsman, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not following at the Western Huntsman. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, right? So it's J D or J underscore D nineteen eighty eight three. Okay. Instagram. All right, so uh, text that to me so I can put it in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. And what's do you have Instagram? I don't do. Well, I probably do. The wife does all that stuff. I'm more just Facebook. Okay. Uh, you know Tyler Oaks or the uh, Oaks Unlimited LLC. We do a lot of stuff on there. So Oaks, you guys are doing taxidermy. Oh, you're doing yeah. skin. You're uh, making. You've got an excavator. Yeah. Head a little bit of everything, man. Everything. We're trying to do a little bit of everything and getting into it. Woodworking. So. Yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna have I'm gonna hire Tyler Tyler to make us a new entry sign for our driveway here that we just moved to. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. Because my wife and I we've been we've been looking for somebody to make it, mm-hmm. and and it's like ah I don't want to like hire somebody we don't know, give them our money and then never see the sign mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm leery, man. Oh, I'm leery of people anymore. Turn out way. good. I mean. Yeah. It does good work. So. I feel like it will. I feel like it will. And if it doesn't, I'm going to bring it back. Good. Yeah. I'll redo it. <laughs> and I, I don't think it'd be fair to end this without talking about F4WM because uh, you're wearing the hoodie. Yep. Uh, F4WM is having their very first course. This is going to be after the fact by the by the time. Is it in Flathead or is it flathead. in Kalispell? Oh, I think it's the Flathead, shell, or flat, flathead, flathead chapter. chapter. Flathead so, but chapter. But it's in Kalispell. Uh, tomorrow at three o'clock, but I think they're sold out. So yeah, I think they are. So because I, I was actually considering um, going to that, and then I I, I looked on, they're sold yeah. out for sure. So. But 
it's it's a good thing. Uh, if you folks are in Montana, you need to check out F4WM and look into that organization. They're going to help get these wolves under a management system that actually works and reimburses hunters and trappers specifically that spend a lot of time and money and effort to get out there and get some of these wolves under control. Again, the goal isn't to annihilate wolves. Uh, it's just to manage them. Yeah. You know, just like anything else, they need to be managed. So I, I think that's an important mission. Um, so guys, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this is this has been it. a fun school of se- one of the yeah, funnest man. ones, man. I have never seen somebody show up with a lanyard full of multiple different calls like that. Well, so I can't I, wait to show you in the mountains. This couple I'd days. love to. I just want to come and watch you do that. I don't care. I, I won't be shooting. No, if you're coming, bring your bow. Okay, okay. Just you like today, do. we had two coming straight at us. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So. I'd love to. I'd love to be like the bull I killed this year was because of Tyler Oaks. <laughs> insane setup yep. all right i <laughs> <laughs> love it brother all right guys any closing thoughts or anything you want the audience to know have a great september yeah. and october up yep. season guys yeah good luck yeah that's a great point uh guys as you're heading out it is uh what the 27th of august right now or 26 i don't know one of those days it's just about elk season, uh, and and I do want you guys to know for anybody that is is heading out there, it is it is really important that you guys keep that eye on the prize. You know what I mean? And don't take your foot off the gas or, or any other weird saying I can come up with to help you guys understand that those elk are not going to be shot sitting on your couch or watching oh. Facebook or anything else like that. Get out there in the woods. If if things that you're trying aren't working, try something different. Try a different way to call. Try a different area. Switch drainages. Watch your wind. Watch your moon phase. All that kind of stuff. Get out there. If uh, I'm going to take a picture of Tyler's elk calling setup, and and uh, if you guys need a hookup, something like that, I'm gonna I'm thinking about it. And um, guys, get out there. Good luck. All the, also, as we go through hunting season, just like we do every year, guys. Uh, as you get animals down and tags on them, uh, send your pictures of those to Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com, and I'll share them on our social media pages. Uh, and uh, 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 congratulations will be sent your way. And stay tuned for more information on all of that, guys. Good luck out there. Thank you. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.